The story of Grace Cossington Smith, I think, is one of the most remarkable in Australian art. During the 1920s and 30s, she created some of the most remarkably modern and vibrant paintings ever seen in this country. Paintings that were considered so radical at the time that they were often rejected from exhibition. Yet, her personality was anything but radical. She was a quiet, young woman from a very conservative background, living in the northern suburbs of Sydney. And the story of how she came to paint these works, I think, is quite extraordinary. She was born in 1892 in Sydney, and she was born into a very comfortable, very British, middle-class family. Her father was a Crown solicitor, and her mother was a keen amateur musician. And she had four sisters and a brother, and the family were always very, very close. Now, there's sort of nothing artistic in the family, but Grace was extremely lucky that she was always encouraged by her mother and her father to draw. And she always remembered that from her earliest times, she drew incessantly in her sketchbooks. And when she finished school in 1910, her parents encouraged her to continue her art studies at the studio of Anthony Datlo Rubo. He was an Italian artist in Sydney, and he ran the most progressive art school in Sydney at the time. And importantly, he also ran an art school that encouraged women to become professional painters, not just amateur painters. Grace studied there from 1910 until 1912. Now, in 1912, she goes overseas with her mother and her older sister. And this is a very, very interesting time because she's overseas for two years. She's in England and in Germany, and she's also at art school in England. And a question that has intrigued people for a long time is what did Grace see while she was overseas? Did she, in fact, see modern art? Now, she later said that she didn't see anything modern while she was in England. But we wonder, is that possible? After all, 1912 was the year of Roger Fry's great second post-impressionist exhibition in London. And is it possible that a young woman interested in art could remain completely unaware of these things? In any case, on her return in 1915, Grace paints an extraordinary work. It's the Sock Knitter of 1915, now in the collection of the Art Gallery of New South Wales. It's a portrait of her sister Madge knitting socks for the troops in the First World War but it's also the very first post-impressionist painting painted in this country. And it just shows what an enormous breakthrough there'd been in Grace's art at this time. Now, 1915 is also very significant for Grace because she achieves exactly what Virginia Woolf said was required for all women who wanted to follow a career in art, a room of her own and a secure income. And in this case, her parents built her a studio in the family home at Cossington at Taramara, and of course the family's um, well-off background enabled Grace never to have to worry about going to work. And interestingly, she was never under any pressure to make a marriage either. So from this time, she could devote herself single-mindedly to pursuing her art. In the 1920s and 30s, Grace created some of the most extraordinary images in Australian art. This was a time that she also painted, of course, the NGV's magnificent The Bridging Curve, probably one of the greatest and most iconic paintings of Australia in the early 20th century, and certainly the greatest celebration of the modern urban city in Australian art. During the late 30s and into the 1940s, Grace began to paint landscapes, painting en plein air outdoors in the Australian bush, which she also loved very much. And then in the 1950s and 1960s, she painted her last great series of works. These were her very transcendental, light-filled interiors of her own room at Cosington. 
works in which this simple, humble room takes on this extraordinary presence. And the 1960s were also the decade in which she finally came to public attention and she was rediscovered. And really, she'd worked in obscurity almost her entire life until this time when a young curator from the Art Gallery of New South Wales, Daniel Thomas, one afternoon paid her a visit at her family home and there, to his enormous astonishment, found canvas upon canvas of great paintings leaning in her bedroom. They hadn't been seen for over 30 or 40 years. In 1973, Daniel Thomas organised the first retrospective of her work and for the first time the Australian public could see the wonderful contribution that she'd made. But by this point, she'd already stopped painting. She later said that to some extent she appreciated the fact that the critics had ignored her all those years because it allowed her to keep painting exactly the way she wanted to paint. These are the very works that we consider to be amongst the greatest modernist paintings ever painted in Australia.